Hello, everyone. I'm here for one of my stories. This is Lindsay Dunn. And today I'm speaking with Kim Albright, director of With Love and a Major Organ, and Anna McGuire, who is the lead of that movie. The movie is screening at Fantasia Fest 2023 and also premiered at South by Southwest, which is where I saw it. So it's been making the rounds. If you aren't familiar with Kim, she's an award-winning Canadian-British Filipina film director who has won many awards for her short films. With Love and a Major Organ is her feature-length directorial debut. Kim, welcome to one of my stories. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. So thanks for having us. Yep. I'm also welcoming Anna McGuire who herself has directed many shorts and has starred in many films, one of them being one of my favorite horror movie films of all time now, Violation. I'm totally nerding out that I get to talk to her. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like dirt, As I was watching with this movie, I have to say I kept going, I know her. I know her from somewhere. <laughs> But it didn't dawn on me. It was Violation. I was like, oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. She's the sister from Violation. And <laughs> I love that movie. So um, before we talk about our main movie with Love and a Major Organ that we'll be discussing, I just kind of wanted to hear what are some of the films being a creative in the filmmaking industry? I'd like each of you just to like share what are like a couple of the formative films that really inspired you? Hmm. My answer is always Jurassic Park. <laughs> but, um, but that's sort of my like, I guess like childhood inspiration and in that it's, it's sort of this, I think it was a film that made me really, without sort of understanding it intellectually, realize what cinema could do um from a very young age and then I was very lucky that well I'd worked with, with Steven Spielberg before I saw Jurassic Park I think yes um on uh Saving Private Ryan and um I think there was something just I, I don't know I always joke Jurassic Park is like my all-time favorite film but I think actually mm -hmm. it's pretty much pretty much the truth also um and then I, when I re-watched it over many years I'm always like gosh this is such great filmmaking such great visual storytelling um but I that's you know I have so many other films I think I feel like it really depends on the day that you ask what <laughs> you know I think what you've seen recently but I think a film that I've seen recently which uh at Cannes this year actually that I think was just an incredible piece of filmmaking uh is a film called The Settlers um and so I would recommend everyone checking that out um if you haven't already I think movie it will be on movie I believe so check out the settlers awesome okay I've only been to the cinema to watch a film um twice two times I've only done that twice and they're both it was both occasions I was a kid and so maybe these were two sort of films that really influenced my I don't know my my taste um, but I went to see The Labyrinth twice when I was like six years old, and I went to see Karate Kid twice when I was, I don't know, a couple years older. I don't know, I, I um, maybe there's something to read into that, I don't really know, but when I was a kid, I um, those were the sort of films I was hugely um, inspired by and loved, and 
like anything that kind of pulls me into this whole other fantastical world. Karate Kid's not really like that, but Labyrinth is. Um, and The Goonies and Stand By Me, like those are the films kind of, of like, I think my generation. So those are the ones that like, I, I remember like standout films from when I was a kid. And now, yeah, it's totally changed now. I kind of like, depending on my mood and depending on what I'm working on, like I remember leading up to um, with Love and a Major Organ, like years leading up to it, I was super into Yorgos Lanthimos and I still am, and I still love all his stuff. Um, and I remember like Steve McQueen, like, which is so serious and so like intense, <laughs> but I really like admired his filmmaking as well. Um, and it changes like I just watched like um, uh, what's the um, the guy that did, that did Force Majeure and he mm. did like, Ruben Osland yeah and what's the movie like something of sadness a triangle of sadness triangle of sadness I was like oh this is amazing <laughs> so anyway it kind of like is changing by the week but um, those are some of my favorites for sure yeah I was just telling a friend about triangle of sadness last weekend and in fact uh, Karate Kid is one of my favorite all-time movies, so that makes me really happy. And I'm hugely into Cobra Kai um, right now, so yeah. I hope I hope you watch that. So, okay. In this, in my review, I called the movie a rare science fiction gem, probably because it's hopeful and also it's very relational, and it's already in my best of the year list. Aww. So the movie is this about this world ruled by the algorithm and, you know, that decides everything for you. And there's this app, Life's app. And in addition, people's hearts are made of these material objects. And into this cold world is interjected the character of Annabelle, who does weird things like eat lunch outside, you know, have write poetry and talk to strangers in the park. So it's this, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful movie that I that I love. Um, let's start with Kim. So this is based on a play by Julie Letterer. How did you come across this material and why did you want to adapt it for the screen? Yeah, so yeah, you're right. It was um, it initially started its life as a theater play written by Julia Letterer, who also wrote the script. <clears throat> and interestingly, so I met Julia through Anna. And so Anna and I, we kind of go way back. So I was living in London at the time, like we're talking like, you know, we probably met a good sort of like 10 years or, or seven, eight years ago or so. Um, and Anna splits her time between Canada and the UK. So we met when, when we were both in London and um, worked on a short film together. So we kind of got to work together as well. And then um, when I had made the decision to move back to Canada, I had reached out to Anna and I kind of probably shared all my anxiety with her about starting afresh in the film industry in a new country and all this. And then she said, you know, she sort of helped me kind of find my feet a little bit and introduced me to Julia because Anna and Julia were working on a project, a short film called It's Nothing together at the time. And then she said, you know, I really think you and Julia would get on and here, why don't we just like set up a call and, and you can sort of feel each other out. And then, um, so Julia and I had met and I learned about her, her play, which she was sort of in her mind too, I think sort of thought there was potential to develop into a feature. And so that's kind of how it started. Like I had, I had read the play and kind of learned as much about it as I possibly could and met with Julia and talked to her and talked to Anna about, about Julia and we all met together. And then I think the thing that attracted me um, about the play 
and and sort of thought, okay, we can this. There's material here to sort of develop it into this feature. Was there's so many things, but um, first of all, this notion that like hearts are objects, and I love this as a concept, and I think it kind of. I'm sort of surprised, like, you know, it's such a great idea and felt surprised, like, why is this not, why has no one thought of this before? Like, it's such an original kind of idea and this notion that, like, you know, this object is a represent representation of who you are. And um, so I thought that was, like, wildly original and you can really kind of have fun with that on screen. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the world of the film or the, the, that I could envisage in, in the film and that, you know, it's a world where like you could rip out your hearts, but it's still quite relatable. It's still kind of grounded and, and down to earth. Yet there's these kind of weird things that are kind of up with this world. And I kind of love that too. And I, I'm sort of drawn to anything where, um, you know, where we have to sort of which feels kind of grounded, yet there's certain kind of things that are off kilter. And so I think a lot of my shorts kind of tap into this and I'm still sort of drawn to other films that are like this, that like, you know, we're it feels like everything's normal, but <laughs> so whatever. Um, so I love that about it too. And, and this sort of the this idea that like you know what's it like to kind of give your heart whole your heart wholeheartedly to someone and like when we're living in such a world like dictated by technology and apps and like we're all glued to our phones like we're so into this kind of other world of of like computers and and whatnot and um and you know how does that kind of dictate or how does that kind of have an effect on who we are how we connect with one another so I love that aspect too and like and what this means like to be grounded like Annabelle and be down to earth and kind of not be interested in that and and um anyhow so like yeah there's a ton of things I loved about it and, and felt there was potential to explore um yeah those are just a few well, this yeah. sort of goes nicely into the first question I wanted to ask you, Anna, which is what drew you to playing the character of Anna? Yeah, I mean, I, so do I, I'm a big believer in creative community and fostering creative community. And so it was kind of a dream come true in that respect. And then you know, violation too comes from the space of creative community. And um, mm -hmm. I think especially in Canada, there's a really big movement of, of, independent cinema which is what drew me to Canada in the first place um and and so that there's an element about making things with people that you love that feels very very important nowadays more than anything which I guess probably ties in to who Annabelle is on some level um mm. that it's it, it what drew me to her is that she has this she feels very relatable she's really trying to make the most of uh a situation, a world, a community that that feels like at a different speed to how she moves or, or, or operates on a different level. Um, and so I think there's this really interesting, I'm, I always find it interesting thinking about the duality in characters. And I think that she has this very interesting duality where she's hopeful and has this sense of faith in the world, but underneath there is a real deep well of sadness mm -hmm. um, and fear, I guess as well, fear that maybe, despite her best efforts she's not gonna be able to carve out a space for herself and I think we can all identify with that and um and so yeah it drew me it drew me to that 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 sort of that that element that that sort of that dual space really drew me to to Annabelle and and we were very much 
I was partly involved in the development of the process of, of, of the script. Um, and so what was so lovely about that and having worked all together previously in different forms was that we really trusted each other. So we could really start to, to delve into the reality of these humans outside of, you know, we've got this, this quite sort of um, heightened conceptual world, but it's like, how do you ground your characters in, a, in, in reality so that, that those two things can, there's a nice tension between those two things. And, and so I'm, I'm really drawn to, 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 to sort of collective storytelling. And, and, yeah. and so it's just such a dream come true to, to sort of be part of that film and to feel trusted by Kim and trusted by Julia and, and then, you know, vice versa, and then being trusting of them. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm curious, you know, it's interesting to think about what it takes to develop a, a play into a film and the adaptation process. So, Kim, are there notable ways that you feel like the film adaptation is different, like very, quite different from the way it was portrayed on stage? And what what would those be? Yeah, it was quite different, actually. So the stage play really only has three characters in it. So it's Annabelle, George, and Mona. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a bit more, I'd say, of Mona in the play than there is in the film. Um, so so it's a three-hander, first off. And, um, and it's just sort of, you know, you see Annabelle on the subway. So they meet on the subway versus the park in the film. Mm -hmm. um, and we have time with her at home and then George at home. So we really, it was very kind of insular in that respect. So in the film, we really had to sort of open it up to the wider world and think about, okay, well, what does this world look and how does it look and feel? And what are the other people in this world like and how do they act um, and look? And um, um, and so, yeah, we had to sort of dive in. Like, just, it just had to grow, basically. And we also really had to think about um, uh, the visuals. Like, you know, it, it's very different, you know, it, having material up on stage where the, you know, the characters are really sort of speaking their thoughts and speaking their actions sometimes. Um, whereas in film, you know, it's about showing and not telling. So we really had to think about like, okay, well, how can we, you know, visually portray this and, you know, you can see so much, you can learn so much by just seeing an expression and there's no words. And, you know, the camera can just do so much, just, you know, coming in for a close up. you don't need to, you know, so, so we had, um, we just had more tools at our fingertips um, to, to, to work with and play with. And so we had to, you know, development did take some time. It wasn't, it didn't happen overnight, but we constantly, constantly had to sort of think about, okay, well, is this scene as visual as we can possibly make it? And if not, how can we make it more visual? So, you know, we all had to, and Anna was hu hugely involved in the, in the development as well. So it was like myself, Julia, Anna, and Madeline, our producer. So we all had to put our heads together and sort of reconvene every so often and think about, okay, well, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? Julia, what, what advice can we offer to kind of, you know, bring this onto, onto a screen versus kind of like, you know, being something that's, on stage but filmed so we had to sort of kind of readapt it massively um to, for the screen um yeah mm -hmm. well that really comes across it's it's very visual you know very vibrant and colorful so that and that's one of the things I really liked about it well thank you so Anna you played this pretty unique quirky character and you've mentioned how much you value collaboration in bringing your characters to life. 
what is your working relationship like with Kim and what unique things do you think you, the two of you created together to create this performance? I was going to make a joke, but, but I can't even. Um, <laughs> save me, save me, help me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I got this, Anna. I got this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, I think like trust is the biggest thing that you can have with a director. And I, I direct myself and I like not myself, I have directed myself, but I also mm -hmm. direct is what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> I, you know, I act in people's projects and I feel that so often actors can can watch themselves out out of fear. Um, they watch themselves, not, not necessarily going to watch the monitor, but they kind of, it can be a way of just making sure that you stay safe that you kind of you know that you're going to walk a very specific you you know what your thing is you know what you're you know what you're kind of you're good at and so you just kind of stay in that space if the performance kind of is quite dead and I think this can and I understand why it happens because you can't always trust your directors and and it it, it it can be scary to feel so vulnerable as well but I think what I really feel with Kim and have felt with Kim from the beginning is how much she has a very strong perspective but she also values my point of view and and my questions and so I always feel heard and we're always trying to achieve the same thing like we're on the same side rather than feeling like we're on separate separate sides of this kind of actor director dichotomy and and um I think feeling free as an actor to trust your director has you has your back and is watching you and especially when you're mm -hmm. shooting out of sequence and uh you know you, you can't always map your performance in that same way and and knowing that someone else is there who really cares about the project who really knows what they're trying to achieve you can trust them and go okay great we've got it we've got it at the end of the day and it means that you're not trying to second guess yourself and and you're it allows you to take risks emotional risks which I think is what really good acting does and and I guess that's what I want to achieve as an actor and I'm sure I don't always but um that I guess would be the ultimate goal is to is to sort of be free to sort of I guess you know as Beckett says fail again fail better but you only achieve that through <laughs> through jumping and daring I guess mm -hmm. I think one of the one of the key things as well was that Anna was involved right from the start so <clears throat> you know so I think the role was really written for you as well you know there's there an Annabelle kind of pre you know back from the stage play but then over the years, you know, developing onto this for the screen, but it's also developed for you too. Well, so, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then we can lean into your strengths and your yeah. interests and, um, you know, and that, that makes a huge difference. Cause like if you're behind it or if the actor's behind it wholeheartedly, then you're just, it's just going to be so much better. So I think that was one thing that like we really, really benefited from. You're you were you were on this like since 2017. So, you know, it grew with you in a way. It grew to all of us in a way. So th th that's really cool. It's not like we just stepped in like a month before shooting. You know, it's it was part of our, it was in our blood like well before. So I think it, it yeah, that's a huge asset. Mm -hmm. So I've already mentioned the color at least once that's to me that was an important part of the movie and creating the emotions and just the visual mapping on the screen so uh, 
how did you come up with the decisions about the colors, what the colors would mean and how you were going to use those? And because I feel like almost colors were a character in the movie. So I just wondered if you could talk to us about your use of color. It's so much fun. I love like the visual, those scenes where like we dive into Annabelle's imagination and, and, you know, and she's sort of these saying these eloquent words it's beautiful and poetic like I remember right from the play like reading the play I'm like oh that's money that's so exciting and like we can really kind of um uh really heighten that on screen and so I remember like so so Vancouver itself you know the outdoor scenes are treated in one way and it's kind of quite grim and gray and bleak and that's fine because that's like that's suited kind of the world that like the overall world of the film quite well but then you know the purple so that's you know that's her color and I know Julia the writer is like she's in love with purple and so I feel like and the like, purple like, pad jacket was always yeah. like the key in the play as well it was like a big yeah yeah so, so the, yeah, yeah. And so like talking with the DP, Leo, when we're like, okay, now we're in her match, like, you know, when she starts the tape recorder and starts, um, dearest stranger that I know, I'm like, okay, we're out of that, that grim world and into her world. And it's like, let's, let's sort of, you know, that's, that's where we can now really have fun with the, with like the purple and it goes into pinks and blues and all this sort of stuff. And, um, so that was like that, um, uh, you know, it really just stemmed from purple being her color and it just had to feel so different to like the rest of the world. And um, and so like those are her sequences. And and I remember like um, doing a small house of big fields and like all those rooms with Leo. I'm like, OK, each room has to have its own you're like this is a sorry if I can say that it's like a really <laughs> fucked up kind of institution and so you know you have like the joy room and you have like the meditation room and I wanted each one to have its own kind of color palette in a way <clears throat> um so that was a really fun like those are those are my favorite scenes where like you could just really I knew I really wanted to kind of like we're gonna we're gonna invest the time and the resources into making this kind of venue as like unique and different as possible. Um, and the yarn, like the yarn was like orange and that was like quite specifically chosen. And um, so yeah, there's like key things that that we we felt it was like really important to like invest our, our time and energy into thinking about what 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 color is most suitable and really kind of enhancing that with like production design or lighting and cinematography so anna there's there's a pretty powerful scene where the the kind of the moment when i knew i was in for a ride was in the poetry site scene when you're recording on the tape recorder and there's paint just going everywhere and um it's a very sensual scene and you're talking in voiceover but it's all done through your actions and your facial expressions like your performance on that during that scene is done without without words at that moment so I was just curious about that scene, how it was filmed, how you got in the mood. Uh, like, have you done stuff like that before where you had to be a, you know, you're a, obviously you're a performer, but in, you were a performer performing inside of your performance. So I just, I love that scene. So I wondered if you could talk to us through how you got through that. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, challenge I think the whole film was a challenge to play that role because there's so many different versions of Annabelle the whole way through really mm -hmm. um and this being one of them as well this kind of uh I guess theatrical moment but wanting to make it theatrical yet also intimate and mm -hmm. not feel like it's you know it 
it's for one person it's for George um and I guess it's also for Annabelle but it, mm -hmm. but it's this kind of very intimate kind of performance that um that yeah as you say it's kind of enacted but solo so I guess there's also a kind of like lack there like a want and a lack um I I, I mean I I did did a little bit of work with a with a voice coach who I really trust just before the before the the shoot just to sort of go through some of this with her because I really wanted to just like speak it out loud to another person um and get some so that was really useful and uh I'm a big believer in sort of trying to trying to find like different ways to to, to, to sort of work on your work on character and and especially if there's something that is is a bit scary it's easy it's better to just kind of go hey I need to sort of I need to bounce this off you or find a way find a, a way into it so that was really useful but I, I also think that you know the relationship that I had with Hamza um with who played George um was just so special like we did we we did a like a like a chemistry read on zoom which obviously hard to tell on zoom but I think we we sort of knew immediately that there was some really interesting creative chemistry there and then when we we, we got to rehearse and so having that sort of rehearse we had dance rehearsals and we had we rehearsed certain scenes together and then we actually spent quite a lot of time together during the shoot which was really lovely and and we formed such a lovely friendship and and um I think there was something it was so easy actually to work with him and to imagine falling in love with George uh mm -hmm. that that I kind of was able to sort of open my heart to that and and feel safe uh with 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 him with a with in performance with him and I think one of the unique things about the film is that we are never well, very rarely in the same space, even though it's a love story. I think we mm -hmm. sort of realized that when we were, we were sort of putting it together, which we thought was quite interesting. And we're like, okay, that's quite formally interesting because he actually has my heart. So we did a lot of work together in terms of figuring out how we, um, like how we could mirror each other in some ways. So we had this lovely intimacy that allowed us this space to feel safe, even if we weren't on this on on set together. So I could really sort of speak that love, and 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 I think it sort of hopefully came across. Yeah, it was it was very well performed. I think I think that can be one of the hardest things is how do you act in love on the on the screen? And you've also just intro introduced me to a new term like chemistry reading. Is that what you said? Um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, uh, Kim, what do you what do you feel like was your biggest challenge in making this movie come to be? Yeah, so it was my first feature. You know what? I think one of the hardest things for me in making it, at least the shoot, like I, I find I love post production. I love the edit. I love every, I love I love it when there's time, but on set I felt. So it was my first kind of production in Canada after having been in the UK for 17 years. So I was coming here and I hadn't worked with anyone before, apart from Anna. I hadn't worked with anyone before. So all the cast, all the crew, obviously apart from Anna, everyone was new to me. And I feel like, you know, you can do your due diligence and do your homework and do your research and ask around about, you know, is so-and-so good to work with? You know, will we get on and all this, but nothing quite kind of puts you to the test until you're actually working together so I think this was really hard like you know it's all these different navigating all these different personalities and then we're trying to kind of you know we have this common goal of making this film but like we we're also trying to like you know figure out how to, how to best work with so th this person and get the best out of them so I, I felt personally it was super hard 
not having these prior relationships and diving in, working with like God knows how many people for the very first time. That was that was a big, big challenge. Um, not to mention just having like 17 shooting days. I don't know, like I feel like that's pretty slim for a feature. Um, and so like it was constantly bang, 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 bang. Um, but you know, I think we managed it, but it was it was a real roller coaster. Like I was, I was like pooped. I was, I was wasted every day, like getting home, but then I was like wired when getting home. And so like, I'd have to try and calm down and get to sleep, but, um, adrenaline, adrenaline really kept me going for sure. But yeah, I'd say that was the hardest thing. Just like navigating these new relationships, trying to get the best out of people when you're just, you don't even know them really. And so, um, anyhow, yeah, it's super tough. Well, we're coming up on our, our last question. Um, so in this world, hearts are made of objects. We've already talked about that. So if this world existed, what do you imagine your, your heart would be made of? Have you guys thought about this? You know what? We get asked this a lot. <laughs> oh dear. Um, <laughs> no, but like, and I never get the right answer. I never, I've literally, I've never landed on anything that I can commit to. Maybe that's my problem. I don't know. No, you're la- I really liked your last one. Won't say it. Same today. It's not the same today. Go ahead. No, you go first. I have to think. (laughs) Okay. Just because it's sitting right in front of me, I'm gonna say my heart is like one of those squishy balls in a bubbly tea. Are they like tapioca balls? I don't know. But they're so. I don't know. I don't even know what that says about my heart. But like, imagine a bigger version of that. That's all kind of squishy and chewy and like sweet, but sometimes sickly. (laughs) It's like that's my heart. (laughs) <laughs> today yeah exactly I'm like gosh what is my heart today I think my heart well I'm in Montreal for Fantasia and um I've lived here on and off and lived in Toronto and lived in London and I'm having such a um a beautiful and emotional time here being back I think my heart is Montreal today Ah so yeah lovely like so special to have the Canadian premiere of the film here at Fantasia and um yeah I've just been like bixieing around and going to all my favorite haunts and and feeling all the feels so I guess that's probably quite heart heart related I'm with you so like I grew up here and I left when I was about 24 but and I haven't been back since so and I'm just like this city is amazing it truly is it's like it's like European and North American and everyone's so friendly and there's like so much going on and it's vibrant. Anyhow, I've decided I'm, I'm moving back to Montreal. We're all moving to Montreal. It's so <laughs> you heard it here first, everybody. Since you guys were such good sports, I'll tell you my, I decided my heart will be an apple fritter because I love apple fritters and they're, they're sweet, but they're also kind of crunchy. You know, if you get a go and you get to chew on it a little bit, you know, um, totally. <laughs> that's going to get little chunks of apple in there too, which are like squidgy and cinnamony. Mm, that's yeah. a good one. It's just very wholesome. And, you know, I think this should be, this should be like your, um, you know, your icebreaker question, you ask everybody when you meet them, because you can get to know somebody so well totally. by knowing what is your heart made of? Before I work with you, like that'd be your, exactly. your gateway question to work with people. Totally. Totally. <laughs> there we go. Okay. I'm going to hang on to that one <laughs> forever. Well, I just want to thank you both for joining me for this lovely conversation with Love and a Major Organ is showing at 
at Fantasia Fest this year. Has it already screened at the festival? No, no. Saturday, tomorrow. Okay. okay. Tomorrow okay. at 10 p.m. Okay, yeah. wonderful. So that's uh, 729, July 29th. Everybody, yes. <laughs> is it going? Are is it going to more festivals after this, Kim? It is. We have three lined up, but I, I feel yeah. like I can't say what they are until okay. mid-August. But uh, but it's on our website. It'll be on our website. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good point. Um, what? Where would you tell people how? What would be the best way for people to keep up with the movie if they want to know updates? So our Instagram page, which is with love dot and a major organ. Mm-hmm. And, um, and our website is with love and a major organ.com. And um, yeah, that's where like all the, all the news and stuff will be posted. Um, yeah. I think that's the best place. Okay. So, yeah. Festival's coming up, which is super exciting. Um, and yeah, they're in the fall, I think. Yeah. Anyhow. More to come, I guess. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I will post all the links in the notes for the interview. And we are going to sign off for folks. This is Lindsay for one of my stories. Kim, Anna, thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you.